Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. Grab yourself a drink and join me while I break down the week in Bravo TV news. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. If you forgot, I am your host, Megan O'Donnell. I've been on a mini vacation, and when I say I was on a mini vacation, I didn't do anything relaxing. I have been having an absolute nervous breakdown. Is anybody else completely burnt out in the world right now? I feel like everybody in my life is currently just, one, either on vacation, and I didn't get the memo that (laughs) we could go on a boat. Like, is there a boat someone can invite me on? Or two, is just so over everything overworked and undersexed this is not the way i want to be living i want to pull a joe giudice and get deported to italy please take me out of my life anyways let's start the show (laughs) starting the show on a good note well i have been gone for two weeks and things have been popping off in bravo world and it's been kind of hard to watch on the peripheral and not be on the mic telling everybody what's going on so i think we just have to kind of jump right into it but before that i want to say have you guys checked out my merch because that shit is real cute And I am telling you, it's not that expensive. There's mugs, there's cute tops, and that's pretty much it. (laughs) There's there's also masks, which I think the masks are weird. One person did buy the mask. So if you have volunteered as Tribune, please reach out to me on Instagram and send me a picture of you in the mask just so I could see it in the flesh. That'll be pretty cool, pretty surreal. Oh, great. And there's construction starting outside. I thought I'm waking up at 7 a.m. to do this would mean I wouldn't have the construction. But that would be crazy. That would be so freaking crazy. Let's just start right into the news. We've got some old news, which is Lisa Vanderpump starting a new podcast. She tweeted a couple weeks ago saying, I finally started preparing for my own podcast. I'm excited to connect with you guys on business, design, restaurants, cooking, activism, dogs, ponies, marriage, relationships, sex, or lack thereof, lol. Submit your questions if you have them to LVP at castmedia.com. Like, Okay, thanks Lisa Vanderpump for jumping on the bandwagon. It's exactly what people need, another podcast that is just hosted by a rich person who's bored. I just want to know, is she going to start slinging third love bras or Casper mattresses like promo code Jiggy? I'm just very confused as to why 
everybody and their mother is thinking that they should start a podcast. I think people see it as a moneymaker. And that's really cute. Like, that's so great for a billionaire to be thinking, oh, let me do this thing in an already saturated market. For what? For what? Yeah, okay. Business design, restaurants. Is anybody asking? We have Vanderpump rules for that. Cooking, no one wants to see you make a mushroom bolognese, which that has inspired me to make my own, and it was divine, so <laughs> maybe we should do like an Ina Garden style cooking podcast. <laughs> Activism, again, only revolving animals. Do not bring up a black live in front of her. That, that is not her that is not her brand of activism so don't go there looking for anything um actually pertaining to civil rights <laughs> that'd be hilarious can she even vote in this country i don't know i feel like i can't figure out if she's a citizen or not i again am now not team lvp so i think she's the biggest fraudster and i look at everything she does with a side eye especially like i was going back through old notes on old episodes lisa vanderpump doesn't have a credit card I feel like that is the shadiest of them all. I feel like she is like just carrying wads of cash or she's someone who's like, darling, put it on my tab and never pays the tab. And then like a restaurant goes broke because they have like a $19,000 tab from Lisa Vanderpump. And every time they go in there, it's like, oh, pay the tab. And they're like, how dare you? You know, we're loyal customers. This is like a direct scene from The Sopranos, but I'm just imagining Ken and Lisa basically as Tony and Carmela, but like the British version. Then we got, um, yeah, Dogs and Ponies. I don't want to watch this Dog and Pony show anymore. Uh, marriage, relationship, and sex or lack thereof. What What is the joke anymore about not having sex? Like, I get it. You're not having sex. That sucks. But your husband is like, very old granted men can pop viagra till the day they die but i think the we don't have sex shtick is getting old and like do you think they actually are having sex like do you think they go to like key parties where they like go to a house with a fishbowl full of like other couples keys i feel like they might run into aaron and denise there but who knows yeah i don't know i i just again find these stupid podcasts to be pretty frustrating because um for a nobody like myself these are like passion projects and things i spend like a lot of time doing and it's a labor of love and for celebrities they just show up do the show and leave they don't do any of the back end stuff and 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 i'm jealous i think i think that's i think that's what's coming out of this whole segment so there's no uh release date and honestly i'm not sitting here waiting with bated breath but you guys i actually did stoop so freaking low to go listen to katie maloney schwartz's you're gonna love me podcast the first episode came out two months after it was slated to come out the first episode was a whopping 26 minutes and i just want to shout out to some of my other pod friends you know ryan bailey monty like these people are pushing like hour-long episodes two three i mean if it's ryan's case four hour episodes like that's a labor of love katie maloney schwartz couldn't do longer than 26 minutes and this first episode was just atrocious i i I had to listen because i had to had to do for you guys and it's basically just her talking about herself people writing and asking her questions as if like who cared about katie maloney schwartz's first like first dream job when she was a kid 
Oh, she was going to be a figure skater. Well, that didn't work. Now she just sits at home playing Legos all day. That's what she said she does throughout the whole quarantine. All she does is play Legos. Dreamy life. What a really nice situation for someone to be doing. I have a full-time job, two shows a week, and, which probably you guys don't know, I produce three other podcasts. I have no time for a Lego. For a single Lego set. I could barely eat dinner or, like, make a wrap for lunch, let alone, <laughs> let alone building Legos. Oh, my God. And when she talks about the Legos, I don't know why I'm, like, really harping on this. She said, there's Legos all over the house. I was like, God, Schwartzy's such a child. Then she's like, I love Legos. I'm like, God, you two are both, like, 15-year-old trapped in 35-year-old's bodies. It's, it's pretty dark. She also, you know, talks about how she judges people a lot and how she's trying to, like, not judge people anymore because she judged Lala for, like, being... I guess a homewrecker and a and all of those things. But honey, that doesn't come overnight. Like you need to actually do real change to not make like snap judgments about people. And then she talks about her drinking and she was saying that she had to look at her drinking and she doesn't have a drinking problem. She just had a problem when she drank. But yeah, I'll let that one sit. Uh, okay, Katie, same girl. When your nickname is Tequila Katie, there's generally some sort of issue with your drinking. I had a friend in high school, and we called him DK, which was drunk. I'm going to not say his full name, but we'll say Kyle. We would call him DK. Like, you know you have a drinking problem when you're 15, when like your friends are just calling you drunk as your first name. So... Oh my god, she's DK. Wow, that, again, it's 8.06 a.m. <sighs> the receptors are not firing as fast as I would like them in my brain, but we're trying. I'm slowly getting back into the grind. We also had Jax, Schwartz, Randy, Bo, Lala, Stassi, Katie, Brittany taking Randall's PJ somewhere. It looked like outside of Vegas because they, like, I believe flew into Vegas and then drove somewhere else. And it must have been so hard for Jax and Schwartz to not, like, take a pit stop at, like, some shit hotel in Vegas and, like, get their dick sucked by, like, two desperate fans or something. Uh, so, yeah, Vegas has definitely changed for the Vanderpump Rules cast. They all were on the PJ. Obviously, people were hitting them up on the internet being like, how dare you be flying together? when um there is a pandemic happening jackson posted a photo of his covid test showing that it's negative which you know praise the lord we really didn't need him to have another disease or infection like i i don't need any more reason to feel bad for him oh there's the drilling the drilling has started Ooh, okay i'm gonna close the window Okay, I've successfully closed the window, and if there's a faint sound of drilling in the background, please don't take it to iTunes and let people know. As if, uh, <laughs> as if I don't know my quality has suffered due to a pandemic, but I don't know. Maybe let's consider <laughs> going into a recording studio where I talk three inches into a microphone that 15 other people talk into all day long. The hygiene of that, is, <laughs> I don't know if that's COVID friendly, but I don't know, asking for a friend. Stassi's also 20 weeks pregnant. We got a picture of her baby bump on a boat or something in a bikini. Wow, no, this this, this sound is going to annoy me as well. 
Yeah, I think this sound is just going to have to be something we all deal with, but whatever. There are talks that Evolution Media wants to do another show with Stassi, and that's not surprising. I've been saying on this show, she will bounce back. Because I really don't think people care as much as <laughs> they, they did the first week of her being you know, called a racist, and it's upsetting. We also have newbie Danica, who recently filed a restraining order on her boyfriend, Brett Willis. He was the rogue, like, 47-year-old man on Vanderpump Rules who badgered her behind the bar about having a threesome. So supposedly, Brett broke into her house when she was away, sliced up all her clothes with a pair of scissors, and... (laughs) And then Danica's claiming she wasn't home at the time, but the roommate was sleeping in a different room, and he left threatening notes. The restraining order has been granted, and Willis is ordered to court, is ordered not to harass, attack, strike, threaten, assault, hit, follow, or stalk Danica. I mean, that's kind of sad, but the writing was kind of on the walls. She got suspended because he was having a chat with her about threesomes in the Sir Alley, which any fight that happens in the Sir Alley, you know it's just bad juju from the jump. So she got suspended for a conversation that he started. I think she pushed him after that, which is, again, hilarious. Lisa Vanderpump has no <laughs> respect towards women in reality. Jax can do atrocious things to anybody who's working at Sir, clients included, and she's like, he's such... A damaged boy. He's really trying. So stupid. I also was thinking, what's going on with the Bravo weddings? Lala and Rand were supposed to get married originally in April, postponed to July. We got nothing there. We have Cynthia Bailey and Mike Hill and Kelly Dodd and Rick Leventhal both supposedly getting married on 10-10-20. We'll see if that happens. Kelly's getting married in Napa, which she's not fearful of COVID at all. So you know that wedding is happening, whether the the fans want it or not. And even the fans, I mean, we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there. We also have Amanda and Kyle from Summer House. I believe their wedding was slated for this September, which I don't know, maybe that one's for the better. Let's, let's have them wait it out a little bit longer to see if that wedding should happen. I like them both separately, but I think after we watched Amanda this past season so mercilessly go against Hannah and Luke for just like hooking up and having fun. I think she probably has some feelings that maybe she wishes she could hook up with hot models and not be a babysitter to a 37 year old alcoholic. I don't know, just a guess. (laughs) We also have another podcast on the horizon. You guys, We actually have like two more. Oh my God. Oh my God. I know podcasting is like a great career for some, but not everybody needs a podcast. Please, please. And if you do want a podcast, hit me up on the side and I can help you produce it. (sighs) That was a little ad for myself. Maybe I should reach out to Caroline Stanberry from Ladies of London, who started a new podcast on Dear Media, same network as... Katie Maloney Schwartz and the network for any rich white person. They can get a show on there within minutes. <sighs> exactly why Michael Bostic hasn't responded to my emails because he probably has seen my W2 somehow. So Caroline Stanberry has started a new podcast called Divorced Not Dead. And the <laughs> and the bio says Caroline Stanberry is divorced, not dead. Remember when you were destined for the spinster life after you find yourself without marital bliss after 40? Forget that. Recently divorced at the age of 44, 
Caroline is here to let you know that not only is there life after divorce, it could be your best one yet. Which I get the under I get the meaning of this show, but how horrible to say, remember when you were destined for the spinster life if you found yourself without marital bliss after 40 years old? There is no age on falling in love. These ages are constructs that society has said to women, especially, to make them feel bad about themselves, to make them settle with loser, limp dick guys, just so that, what, your mommy and daddy are proud of you? You know, not every woman wants to get married. Not every woman wants to get married at 30, which I guess is the expiration date for women, which I'm learning based on all of the people in my life who are settling with true loser dudes just so that they can have a ring before they're 30. And I don't know, did anyone hear the pivotal song, The Ring Didn't Mean a Thing by Kim Zolciak Bierman? Maybe they should all take a listen to that song and be reminded that um, the ring doesn't mean a thing. You can get married at 40 and not be a spinster. How pathetic, how pathetic. And Caroline Sanberry is so beautiful, has been having problems with Sam or whatever his name is for years. Now she has like a hot new boyfriend named Sergio Corallo, who's an ex-Madrid ex-Real Madrid soccer player. Clearly, I could talk about anything but sports. I can't even say soccer. I'm sorry, football, since he's Euro. He's a hunk. And they've been clearly linked together for a while. There's pictures of them actually with Lady Gaga uh, a couple years ago, which is pretty cool. He also hangs out with Larsa Pippen, which is a huge red flag. There is nobody more thirsty and boring than Larsa Pippen. Also, did anyone miss the uh, Larsa Pippen hooking up with Tristan Thompson thing? There was no public um, hanging of Larsa as there was with a young Jordan Woods. Ooh, the the aggressive drilling has started again. I'm really sorry about that, guys. Not my choice. So, yeah, I mean, I like Caroline Sanberry's voice, and I'm excited to hear her talk. And I listened to some of her episodes, and the part I got out of it was like, She's telling women they don't need to be arm candy for men, which is just like a projection of like what her situation was with her ex and, you know, feeling like she had to be arm candy. And, and you know, again, it was probably another situation where she gets fame, she gets notoriety, and this guy who's not used to her having those things is intimidated by that. So, ladies, if that teaches you anything, do not be successful. Keep your mouth shut. Let your man shine at all times so that he doesn't feel weak. And then listen to Divorce Not Dead, because again, another fucking show we don't need. Yeah, I don't know. I, I No one thought you were dead, honey. Caroline Sanberry is like very much alive, uh, and I think the cultural zeitgeist. But, but what do I know? What do I know? Another new podcast on the horizon is Hannah Ferrier from Below Deck Med's podcast called Dear Diary, You're Effed. That's my attempt at an Australian accent. We have a new show with her and a co-host named Justin, which just launched uh, August 17th, where it says basically every week we just go in and we read a diary entry and very much make fun of 13-year-old Hannah. There's a lot of serious podcasts out there. This is not that. It's like escapism. It's reality TV and a podcast. It's just there to be light, entertaining, make you laugh, and that's that. So I'm really excited about it. Okay, so I also tried to give this one a shot too, which... Okay, wow, I just moved to a new location. It is on the floor of my parents' closet. There's also no light in here, which was a fun, fun development. As I'm sitting on the floor, I... (laughs) How far I have fallen, my friends. Oh my god. Okay, back to Hannah Ferrier's really important 
13 year old based podcast so yeah this is another show that i guess we don't really need yeah escapism is great and all but like escapism with a point like that is what the real housewives and below deck is for these like ancillary podcasts that come out of bravo liberties it's just not necessary. Um, I also have a little birdie who told me Vicky Gummelson's podcast is about to end. So at least we lose one, but gain three. I'm sorry, gain four. One, two. So we lose one, but we gain four, which I don't like the math on that. I really don't. And what the hell is going on with Below Deck Mad? One, I love that I was out of, pod- I was not podcasting for two weeks and so many great listeners reached out being like, are you dead? Is there a pulse? Have you died? Like, please get back to us ASAP. I'm here. Obviously, we need to talk about what the hell went on on below deck med so first we have to start off with the kiko of it all so kiko has one bad meal and sandy decides that they need to fire him i thought that was a little egregious he's had really good meals the entire season and cooks for what and he cooks what he knows which i think is okay as long as the clients are happy they ask for a las vegas meal there is no las vegas cuisine when hannah said like fried chicken and gross food that's accurate. Like, I mean, I've been to Vegas three times under the age of 21. So, and I, and even if I did go there, I wouldn't go there with like the thought that it would be like a dining destination. I, I just really don't think that that <laughs> is like a cuisine per se. So I was upset the way Sandy even did it. How dare you fire someone in the middle of their service and then expect them to keep cooking for them? It just, I thought, was incredibly unfair. And you could see the conversation that Sandy was having with Malia where Malia was saying, oh, Tom, my boyfriend is going to be coming to visit me while we're on dock or whatever. And he's a chef, whatever. And Malia's face just turns. She really channeled her Lee Strasberg Institute acting classes and her face changed. And she was like, wait, I don't know. Maybe Tom would be interested in being a chef on the boat. But his uncle's really sick. And the way that that conversation was so contrived and fake was really hard to watch because it was kind of clear as day what was happening. (sighs) So R.I.P. Kiko, he he was really great. I did. I did like him. From the Kiko of it all, which obviously really hurt Hannah because he was her only homie on the boat, we get Hannah's swift departure on the boat. So Malia's boyfriend, Tom, agrees to be the chef on the yacht, which is great because he is so hot. I love posh British guys. Actually, he's not even a posh boy, but he's not a country boy either. So I don't know. He's like a country boy pretending to be posh. And I think that's probably why he has anger issues and feels like he's not good enough um, based on all his mommy issues he keeps talking about. But we'll get there. So Tom comes on the boat, talks with Sandy and Sandy offers him a job on the boat and poof, he's doing testimonials and he's in the red shirt. I thought that was so funny. One second he's like, yeah, I might take the position, but if my uncle's sick, I gotta go. And then he's like in the shirt, like at the meetings, like, I'm like, what? That took one second. Okay, editors, I really enjoyed the, 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 the fast paced uh, manner of him being initiated on the boat. Okay. Hey, what's up? What's good? So he starts doing his own thing and the conversation comes up of Malia and him sharing a room. Obviously, Malia is 
you know, thinking she's entitled to sharing a room with him, which would imply that everybody pretty much needs to change rooms. It'd be Rob and Jess together, who is, like, such a random couple. She's so hot when she was, like, making out with him on that, like, love seat thing at that outdoor beach club. I was just very titillated. And Rob is hot, too, but his, like, very drone voice and, like, past uh, with, like, drug addiction and, like, drug smuggling, like, that wouldn't necessarily turn me on. Like, that's not something that turns me on, besides the point. We... So, So, Malia then goes up to Hannah and Bugsy asking them... This entire situation would be great for Malia and Tom if Hannah and Bugsy could room together. And if anybody knows Hannah and Bugsy, they've had beef since day one. So they both basically say no. But of course, Malia is so incredibly butthurt over this, which like, mind you, is two weeks worth of time. It's not seven years. It's not two months. It's two weeks of time that she's not going to be sleeping in a room with her boyfriend. So honey, get the fuck over it. We had Sierra and Paget from Below Deck Sailing speak out on this matter saying that they've been on a charter for six months together and they've been living in separate rooms because that's just how the boat is positioned and Hannah made a great point she's like honey honey (laughs) you came on the boat as a singleton so just because your boyfriend comes on the boat doesn't mean you guys came in as a couple if you came in as a couple yeah things could be a little bit different but you didn't he came in here and she then implied that Hannah hired her boyfriend and Hannah's like I did not and hire him like please don't put words in my mouth and so Malia gets what she wants she goes and cries to Sandy which like did we think that this was going to be like girl power season where they all were gonna have each other's back they all have each other's back until Malia doesn't get what she wants which is clear as day so uh, she goes to Sandy cries to Sandy Sandy gets on her microphone and her walkie and says Malia's sharing a room with Tom because Tom is the highest rank. He's a chef and he gets what he wants, which that is so ridiculous. That is so ridiculous. That hierarchy is bullshit. Oh, a female empowerment season? Well, why don't we put a woman in the galley to be the chef? No? No? Women empowerment until a a white male comes in and he tells everybody where to go and what rooms they're sleeping in and everybody's duties. So stupid, so stupid. Again, so hot, but so fucking stupid. So uh, after that, Malia gets what she wants. Hannah sucks it up and agrees, whatever. Then she sends Sandy a text in the middle of the night with a picture of Hannah's CBD weed pen and, and a box of her Valium and says, like, Hannah has drugs on board. They all wake up. Sandy has to obviously have a conversation with Hannah, which was so funny because she's like going in a room and she's like, Sandy, is this your dressing robe? And she's like, sit down. You have no idea what you're in store for. And then I thought like they did a pan in on like a nug of weed, which was so funny because they didn't mention it. But I was like, that looks like a straight nug of weed, which like would smell like if you had like a rogue nug of weed in your bedroom, like it'd probably smell unless you have it in like a case or a Ziploc bag, but I wouldn't know. I that that's from a friend. A friend would told me that you would never smell it, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> so uh, Sandy basically tells Hannah she has to leave the boat unless she can show a prescription for the Valium. And we've seen Hannah dabble with the Valium throughout the charter this season. So yeah, so Sandy then tells her, you know, she's breaking maritime law because. Any drug that's not written up before the person gets on the boat 
they can be considered as like recreational drugs not like drugs needed and like this is the problem with mental health issues we as a society are such fucking fakers everything is so goddamn performative i mean in we see when it comes to racial issues, mental health issues, people have no problem saying, get the help you need, get therapy, get medicine, do what you need to do. And then these types of situations happen where someone has, you know, clearly severe anxiety and has been struggling with it for a while. We've seen it on previous seasons and this season. And then they are stigmatized and made to feel like they are incapable of doing their job because they might have anxiety attacks. So what is she saying? If she did have the prescription, and told Sandy, I need to take Valium just in case things get too overwhelming and I can't handle it. I need that that medicine to help me calm down. What, she's not capable of being a chief stew? What, is Hannah doing is CPR and diving into the water to save people if, God forbid, anything happened? No, there's a crew of a million people there all watching, in addition to a camera crew. So if something were to be happening with the client and Hannah was, you know, so fucked up on her drugs, someone else could probably help them too. But also, Hannah's never had a history of being fucked up on the boat where it would be such an issue that she would have to take a Valium every once in a while. People don't want to admit they have these types of issues and they don't want to seek treatment because, like, they get criticized and then told that they are not mentally capable of being a chief stew on a super yacht. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. I just, I just really didn't like it. I understand that, like, rules are rules. The weed is not cool. Like, yeah, you shouldn't have weed at your job, especially if you know as someone who's been in the yachting world for such a significant period of time that that's not okay you probably shouldn't have the weed on there but the volume sandy also had an opportunity to tell everybody before they got on boat hey if you have any prescription drugs please let me know because if that gets caught in the long run then there will be a problem and also malia honey you knew about that volume prior to ratting her out so it's a weird timing that it's the night you didn't get what you want that's not even true she got exactly what she wanted she got everything she wanted but she just needed to rub it in hannah's face a little bit more and and frankly she did want bugsy to be the chief stew and she wanted her to be bosun bugsy to be chief stew and tom to be chef so it could be like her super group and you know what good for you you got the girl group plus one boy (laughs) that you wanted and you know the boat will probably run really smoothly but we will be seeing tom have multiple freakouts He had four hours to make a cake. I don't know baking too well. It's actually something I'm particularly bad at, but I don't think it'll take four hours to make a cake, so chill out, bro. Like, you're gonna have to roll with the punches a little bit, and then Lilia's, oh, he's not used to cooking without a a sous chef. Well, honey, you strap on an apron and start cutting things. You, like, you could be his little sous chef, because you are the reason he's here, and she even said he would not be here. He wouldn't have ever taken this position on the boat if he wasn't going to sleep with me. Like, honestly, I think he would have. I don't really think sleeping without his girlfriend for two weeks when he's been doing it for the previous eight weeks. And I think they were, like, on different boats before this anyway. So, Malia, you are a little baby back bitch. And let's not forget, honey, you hooked up with your bosun, Wes, a couple seasons ago, and you were hooking up with Adam, and you were hooking up with Adam before the show even started. And now you come in acting all holier than thou. Honey, no. Sit the fuck down. Like, uh, I I don't know. Karma's gonna come back to her because Tom is going to be a loose cannon and perfectionist. And, like, who makes Asobu go for lunch on a sunny day? I don't know. I don't know. I love an Asobuco. And I like how that one guy was like, oh, I didn't put veal on my preference sheet. 
veal is such a controversial meat i love veal i might get some uh vegetarians hit me up in the dms telling me i'm a cruel bitch for liking veal but it's delicious it's divine you know so hannah's gone bye she does like a swift exit and i really appreciated her leaving handy Handy's room. I really appreciated when she left Sandy's office and asked for the Valium back. I would have also asked for the weed pen and potentially that little nug too because fuck that. Sandy is a total asshole and Hannah's a bad chiefs too. <laughs> There's also that. So Sandy's been looking for a reason to fire Hannah for a really long time. It's unfortunate that they had to like frame it as a, a drug issue. And back on episode 117, we talked about how she said she is leaving the show, but I did not think it was because of drugs. And I don't think any of the viewers thought that either. And you know, like maritime law aside, like and I like how they're all basing it on maritime law. Like, um, any Arrested Development fans out there, like, we need Michael Bluth on the case. That's what he... <laughs> he is well-versed in maritime law. We need Michael Bluth to come in and defend Hannah from Sandy and Malaya. <sighs> so, Hannah's on to bigger and better. She has a baby girl coming in October 2020. She also decided to start an online course designed to help others jumpstart their yachting careers. It's called Ocean International Training Academy. She's starting it with Anastasia. Anastasia? I can't remember how to pronounce her name. From, I think, last season. She was the girl who was, like, chief stew perfectionist and then became, like, pseudo-chef until she was like, actually, this is so incredibly difficult. I'd honestly rather just, like, fold sheets and do laundry all day cold coffee break i'm still in a dark closet right now i really feel like kyle richard's tagline right now so i find this kind of rich that she's making like a yachting online course considering she's like kind of been like the worst chiefs do and and has like talked about how yachting is like not her passion but i'm happy she's doing this good for her i would love to get into yachting but i think i would I'm, I'm interested in getting into yachting, but as a guest, not as a as working there. The work environment seems horrible, and I would never want to be in that tiny little bunk bed. Ugh. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. 
Moving on to totally different news, there is no <laughs> podcast involved in this news segment. Monique Samuels from the Real Housewives of Potomac has graced us this recent season of Potomac with her bird, T'Challa. Which, who knew T'Challa would take over the Bravo sphere? We had Jiggy Vanderpump, we had Ginger Zarin, and now we've got T'Challa Samuels. So T'Challa flew the coop after the first episode of The Real Housewives of Potomac. She flew away, couldn't find her, and Monique was making like hour-long Instagram stories like looking for the bird. Thank God the bird came back. He or she realized, I'm like putting a gender to this bird. T'Challa, whatever, maybe it's they. You know, I shouldn't be putting a gender to any anything, including animals. So T'Challa went missing. T'Challa came back. Thank freaking God. But birds are gross, and I would literally never have a loud, annoying bird in my home. Fight me. Fight me on that. Fight me. So uh, there's so much going on with the Real Housewives of Potomac this season. It came in really hot and heavy. I thought the numbers would be higher, but unfortunately it wasn't. But let's keep watching Potomac because this season is bound for greatness, as we know Candace and Monique, their argument is going to come to a head towards the end of the season where they get into that brawl that led to like multiple lawsuits. Last week, it was exposed that Candace had a ton of homophobic and transphobic tweets that were tweeted about 10 years ago, which I am not going to go back and read. Y'all can read that dirty, dirty shit on your own time. I decided this show, we're not going to perpetuate the exact things people said because... What's the point of even giving credence to those words? They're disgusting. She came out and obviously apologized. Let's get the apology up here. To my loyal fan base, particularly LGBTQIA plus viewers, thank you for your unwavering support. At the time, I was a private citizen speaking carelessly and crassly as we often do, but for my lack of better judgment, I'm sorry. Recognize my words were insensitive and undermined the support, reverence, and love I have consistently received and demonstrated have consistently tried to demonstrate through advocacy for the LGBTQIA rights and causes, as well as my personal relationships with those who identify. The language I used carelessly wasn't acceptable back then, and it isn't acceptable now. I acknowledge that my words were hurtful, and for that, I am deeply sorry. You know, I I think there's, there's two ways of looking at it. Of course, you can, like, crucify someone for saying fucked up things 10 years ago, but if... I probably went back and looked at my Twitter, which is very much deleted, from 10 years ago. You'd probably find fucked up things I said, too. And, like, everybody sits up here on their high horse. She's canceled. She's canceled. She's canceled. Well, you know what? Imagine our parents and our cousins, if our parents and aunts and uncles and people in our lives had Twitter back in the day. They would have been saying equally horrible things. You yourself, a lot of times people throwing stones, have said equally horrible things. It's about the growth from where you once were to where you are. And, like, it's okay to be an ignorant fucking idiot. But you can't let your ego get in the way of any growth after being ignorant. Like, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to tweet fucked up things and then apologize for it. I get that. But I also think, like, unless you're, like, doing the work to change, which Candace has done, and you see her tweets and she was... I guess she misgendered a trans person on an Instagram Live story the other day, which now people are calling her for to be canceled over that and of course like you shouldn't be misgendering trans people however there are a learning curve with a lot of things happening in the world right now cancel culture is really sick she apologized let's keep it pushing people and you can accept that apology and move on with a acknowledgement of what that person did you don't have to sit up here and 
have a whole crusade, which there's a group called the Black Socialites, which is like two dudes living um, in Virginia or near Potomac. One of the dudes used to work for Sharice, and now he sent her a cease, he sent them a cease and desist after they were talking shit about Sharice's family. He was saying that Candace has been going on Instagram Live and making fun of his weight and saying he's like gonna die because his arteries are so clogged and he's a fat fuck and all this disgusting stuff. So that was kind of like particularly cruel because, you know, 10 years ago, Candace is what, 32 now? She's what, 22? She was ignorant, she was stupid, whatever. But she's grown and has changed her opinions, and you could see that on the show, you could see that on her Twitter. She's, like, obviously very politically active and was definitely, like, on top of the whole Black Lives Matter thing with Stassi and Kristen. So it's actually funny, Stephen McGee from Summer House, Tales of the Crypt vibes, he came on her apology post and said, this is exactly what you said about another Bravo star, which seems to apply perfectly here. This is real. This is a blistering example of what happens when you give fools access to microphones. It's a conspicuous example of what happens when people rot away in their microcosms. Then they emerge loud and wrong with no apologies because there's no one around to check them. Well, he's not wrong, you know, but she apologized and unlike Stassi at least Candace's apology seemed somewhat genuine and she's got her screw loose but that's not surprising but she also opened up that she is going to Howard to get an MBA and frankly at this point I think she should drop the idea of getting a business degree and stick to getting a law degree because I feel like that would do her a lot better in terms of you know saving money on legal fees towards Monique and eventually probably you know, 10 more lawsuits that are probably in her future at this rate based on her yapping mouth and her ability to throw knives at people. So, I mean, congrats for her. This is going to be her second degree from Howard, which is incredibly impressive. So hopefully Candace figures her shit out because this isn't a good look for her. Her sitting up on Instagram live, making fun of people and tweeting horrible things. It's just, you know, not really good look. So hopefully she could take that and change it a little bit. We also have been introduced to Wendy Yosefo, who is pretty amazing. I'm very much into her coming onto the show as this, like, accomplished, beautiful woman, great mother, like, reading the hell out of people on Fox News. Yes, please talk about, um, like, birtherism and all of that fucked up stuff that Trump was saying about Obama all those years ago. And I just like having a really intelligent woman on the show. And it's also terribly confusing as to why she would ever join this show but you know these housewife shows are really good jumping off points for people to do new things in their career and have more access to the masses and their message and that's amazing and I also love how deeply threatened Karen is of her Karen said she sat on a board panel with Wendy and was not impressed which is hilarious considering Wendy is just like incredibly impressive in every way I think Karen is a little jelly which I think oftentimes comes from, uh, I think Karen's frankly a little jelly. You know, Wendy has like secured the bag and done it all herself and has like a hot husband, you know, great kids, like has a lot of things that Karen had to marry Ray for. And now that, you know, her and Ray are kind of in a rocky place, I think it kind of highlights some of her choices where, you know, Ray's like 20 years older than her. And she said like he's in his seventies and she's in his fifties and they're just like in different parts of their life. And she's probably like, damn, like I married this guy cause I thought he would give me a better life and like, you know, monetarily support me. But Karen never had a job. She didn't have this type of like flourishing career that Wendy has. And, and I think, um, 
Karen's probably a little intimidated, teensy bit intimidated. And then, well, speaking of Candace, I mean, I think she's a little bit intimidated, but I mean, Karen and Rihanna are friends. Karen was doing an Instagram live with Lunell the other day and Rihanna showed up in the Instagram live and started commenting, proud of you, Karen, which don't really understand what that's about, but like, please explain that. I love Rihanna doing a crossover with Karen and Rihanna also came over to the Berkshires at Dorinda Medley's Instagram saying she wants to go to the Berkshires and then Leah's like um honey I'm coming too so let's get that on on screen Dorinda hosts a Berkshires weekend with Karen Huger, Rihanna, Leah and Dorinda maybe can invite someone else from Atlanta maybe we invite Portia and then maybe we can get who from OC oh nobody Maybe Bronwyn. Bronwyn's pretty woke. Woke, 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 woke. Also, a little scoop from Roni, people. Kelly Ben Simone has a hot new boyfriend. I can't say his name because I swore to secrecy I wouldn't, but he's pretty hot. He's in his 30s. He's a really successful real estate developer, and I can't believe he would date Kelly. (laughs) It's mean, but it's true. Shocking, shocking revelation. Then we move over to some OC housewife stuff. Vicky's podcast is over, like I mentioned earlier. She's selling her home in Kodo. And I feel like Vicky is just so butthurt that she's not on the show anymore because her horrible wedding to... What the hell is his name? Steve won't be televised anymore. As if anybody wanted to see her get her, I think, third or fourth marriage filmed for public consumption honey there's nothing like that so Tamara and vicky the bitter betty club the president and vice president sat up on an instagram live at lunch which like talk about being present at lunch while you're sitting on your phone instagram living which is actually something i saw in the flesh the other day i was at an outdoor restaurant and i saw these two girls and they were sitting at the table and they had a tripod with a phone on it and they were doing an instagram live during lunch and I just wanted to say who are you two what kind of Q&A are you having with your quote-unquote fans it needs to be happening while you're at lunch like just eat your BLT eat your omelet and then keep it pushing and do your Instagram live in the comfort of your own home so strangers don't have to make fun of you on their podcast you know three days later so the two of them were saying that um one Tamara said they filmed the season finale two nights ago and oddly enough we weren't invited we just weren't invited like yes Tamara you got fired you don't get invited to the company barbecue when you get fired it's just it's just not hard to understand but I don't think Tamara's ever had a job so doesn't really realize that she is getting back into real estate though so everybody um get your uh security deposits ready and get your moving vans ready. Let's start buying Tamara property. We, she needs commission desperately. So Vicky was saying like, oh, wow, the show had is only getting 12 episodes this season versus the 22 that they got last year. Kelly responded, I love that Vicky works in production now. Seriously, how would Vicky know how many episodes are going to be in the season that's still being edited? Move on, girlfriend. <laughs> it's none of her business how many episodes we have. It's actually up to 15 plus the finale and reunion. It'll be the best season yet. We filmed during COVID. Real reality, not fake bullshit like she did for 10 years. Any Emmy Award season watch. 
So, I mean, I've always been a proponent to have the seasons be shorter, especially a show like OC that is just fluff city. There's so many boring scenes of Shannon chasing after her her dog in the backyard. We don't need it. We don't need it. Let's truncate the season, make it really tight, make it really juicy. And yeah, this will be fascinating to watch as, you know, COVID is happening all around us and quarantines and lockdowns and even like us as a society are saying new words we've never said before, socially distancing and wearing masks. Like it's going to be fascinating to watch this on television. And I'm excited, especially to watch it in a place as red as the OC, which, you know, was incredibly against wearing masks. So that should be interesting. We also had Bronwyn who attended the Amplify Back Voices as the token white. Leah was there as well. And I actually thought that was incredibly well done. I liked that it showed a breadth of Bravo celebrities from all different shows that they didn't just give like Portia a microphone. They let women from Married to Medicine Los Angeles, Atlanta, there was a Top Chef dude. I don't really watch Top Chef, so I can't remember his name. I think it's really impressive that Bravo even did anything like this. Like, we can ask our networks and the content that we want to be more woke and to talk about what's going on especially the racial injustices in this country but not many networks are doing that if any so I think we should actually be proud of Bravo for giving people voices I think the message was really great if you haven't watched that go on to demand or I think it's on YouTube actually and you can watch the Amplify Black Voices which just kind of breaks down systemic racism. It talks about like the prison industrial complex, talks about their personal stories dealing with racism throughout their life. It talks about representation and how important it is. And a lot of the women on Married to Medicine were saying how they became doctors once they saw a black doctor because it gave them the confidence to think that, wow, I could be that. I've only seen white doctors on TV, even like the Cosby show. I mean, you know, he was... <laughs> sprinkling drugs into women's drinks but he still did a lot for a lot of young black children who saw a different life than maybe how black people are portrayed in other tv shows on the cosby show so definitely check out amplify black voices i was really proud that bravo did it, and i thought it was incredibly well done and it was also produced by um marlo's production company which who knew she has a production company i bet kenya is really upset that she was not a part of that (laughs) lol and I also did think it was interesting because you know they had the juxtaposition between like all the black people talking about their experience and then you know Leah and Bronwyn who are people like listening and learning and taking all of this in and and Bronwyn has definitely like really stepped up her allyship and it's pretty impressive and she said she's lost friends over it and good like you don't need those friends frankly and Leah I thought was it was quite interesting because you know, she is, you know, Miss Woke 2020. However, she's sitting up there calling people ghetto, which is like synonymous for black in our country. Like, so don't be like, yeah, she was dressing all ghetto and she was dressing all ghetto. It just like, it like left a bad taste in my mouth. You know, I'm not super PC where, obviously, um, but I don't know, her use of the word ghetto just kind of like rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, oh God, oh Leah, shh, honey, shh, don't, 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 don't dig yourself in this hole. Well, uh, moving to Beverly Hills, the season's been okay. We have Teddy Mellencamp who had a tweet, like a fake tweet go around this week saying she's leaving the show. Wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Teddy and Kyle this season have just been so insufferable together as if like, 
anybody cares about another person's sexual desires. This entire season has just been like, let's crucify Denise for being a little freaky and having fun. The first thing is about the threesomes, which I, I think they definitely knew about the Denise thing way before they brought it up on camera. And that's probably why they were really harping on the, well, why don't you want to talk about having threesomes? Well, we don't like having threesomes. We thought you were a freak. We thought you like were into that. We thought you were spontaneous and fun. Denise is like, yeah, I fucking like having threesomes, but I don't like having conversations about me having threesomes in front of my goddamn kids like that's okay fuck off fuck off you freaks and then we have the brandy of it all where brandy showing up at that baby shower was just so insufferable honey go home she's gonna fuck her way onto the show one way or another and i want to know who the other person she fucked on the show is i honestly think it's rinna rinna's been so insufferable this season and has nothing going on that she's just sitting around you know peeping around trying to find out who Denise is hooking up with when like honey you need to work on what's going on in your home I loved Garcelle making that comment about Lisa Rinna's dancing videos which I've said on this show and time and time again there is nothing like I don't you know my mom is beautiful but she wasn't the MILF mom growing up and I had a friend who had like a MILF mom and she was so painfully insecure about her mom being so hot and everybody always saying your mom is so hot I want to fuck your mom I want to fuck your mom like you know, boys would say shit like that. And you don't think that, like, a young girl internalizes that and makes, and that makes her feel bad. Then <laughs> we see Lisa Rinna bringing it up to Amelia on the show. And Amelia, like, one, <laughs> like, is clearly uncomfortable with the situation. She then says, I spoke to my therapist yesterday about how, you know, my mom's body doesn't mean I'm thin and, like, that, like, Amelia's eating disorder has nothing to do with Lisa Rinna and that like Amelia searched the diets and Amelia found out ways to be thin it's like yes you might have done the work to get thin to get there but you don't think it's been ingrained your whole life that like eating is like not good and being thin and being able to gyrate your body at 55 on the internet without an ounce of fat isn't going like if you don't think like gyrating on the internet in no clothing is not going to make your daughter upset or feel less than about her own beautiful body then you've got another thing coming Rina it's so it's so messed up and I and I hate to talk about like people's weight in this way because Amelia's beautiful Rina's beautiful like everybody has great bodies but like of course your daughter is going to feel a certain way by seeing that and I like that Garcelle said it because it's the fucking truth and then we see Amelia going on Instagram saying my question is why would your dancing videos make me feel bad? Who was trying? Who was she trying to body shame? Am I fat? Why would that make me sad? Body shaming is real and not okay. You can call my mom too skinny or me too skinny, but what if we called you too big? Honey, it's the same thing. Okay, Garcelle didn't say any of that. She just said maybe some of your daughter's insecurities stem from her mom being a thought, thought, thought on the internet. Like, And then she doubles down by doing a dance to WAP on Instagram where she's gyrating on the floor and doing spread eagle in the view of the camera and you know do you dance like nobody's watching but millions of people are watching and your daughters are watching and then her for her to say oh I I do those videos just so that my mom can keep in touch with us honey give your mom a call get your mom an iPad and start doing FaceTimes your mom doesn't want to see your labia neither do any of us god it's so stupid it fucking annoys me like you know, of course, Rinna has an eating disorder and never wants to address it. So if she addressed her eating it, if she addresses that her eating issues have addressed, have affected her daughters, then she would have to address that she has an eating disorder in the first place. And that's never going to happen. Like she got set off a couple seasons ago when 
I don't fucking know. Catherine Edwards was like, eat a burger, honey. Like, you don't eat. And even, like, a couple seasons ago, we saw, like, Delilah, Amelia, and Renee eating dinner. And they made, like, one serving size of zucchini noodles. And they were like, mmm, yummy. And they both had three noodles each. Zoodles. Ew. Ew. I hate that I said the word zoodle. But they each had three zoodles each. And they were like, mmm, I'm stuffed. It's so good. And filling. And delicious. And nutritious. So fucking stupid. Oh, we also have Teddy uh, selling her house, her $5.99 million home. And who do you think is selling it? Mauricio and Farah from the agency is selling it. And I believe that this is an LVP statement where she said Kyle and Mauricio are only friends with people so that they could sell their house and make a pretty commission off of it. And that house is really nice. If anybody watches BoJack Horseman, her house reminds me exactly of that with like the cantilevered... Um, balcony and it's it's a really nice house i will say i'll give her that i'll give her that and i also love like i've never taken a dime from my daddy it's like honey where did you and teddy get six million dollars for this mega mansion just wondering just wondering also guess who's selling for the agency kendra wilkinson from hugh hefner's girls next door love that love a single mom making money for herself get it girl okay where the fuck else are we Okay, I'm gonna do fast talking just for. Actually, I'm gonna end and put this for the next episode. You guys, tune in to episode 124 to hear the remaining three stories that I have to talk about. We have Jersey, we have Southern Charm, we have some Atlanta stuff. These things will all be coming your way next week. Thank you so much for listening. This is an hour long episode. I'm fucking tired. I'm sitting in a goddamn closet sweating, but I do it for y'all. I do it for y'all. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, go over to Apple Podcasts, give it a five-star rating, and leave a review, which is super, super helpful. You know, the trolls are out there. They don't like when I laugh. Sorry, I will be way more strict and stern with my podcasting. I will not laugh. Nothing is funny. And what else was bad about me? Um, I think that was it for the most recent. I haven't looked in the comments because, again, I've been in a burnout phase where I'm just listening to, honestly, a lot of Shania Twain and Lady Gaga. So I actually think I need to probably go on a year-long vacation at this rate based on my Spotify playlists. So thank you for listening. Buy my merch. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And this upcoming Tuesday, I have a great bonus episode coming out for y'all. All right, thanks. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.